You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Giants Double Play, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Janie Hu, the Chronicles assistant sports editor, and I'm joined, as always, by our Giants beat writer, Henry Shulman. Hey, Henry, thanks for joining us from Arizona. Hey, yeah. Hi, Janie. How you doing? Really warm here. It's starting to be very summery in Arizona. Oh, great. We uh, out here in San Francisco are having trouble escaping the weather. Uh, it seems to be rainy and then hot and rainy and hot, but I think our April showers are finally going to be in the past. We'll, we'll hold out yes. hope for that. I can't wait to see the Mayflower. <laughs> so we're three weeks into the season. Uh, it is uh, April 19th. Um, you're out in Arizona. The Giants have played 17 games, which, using your analogy of a 162-game season being nine innings of 18 games each, we're pretty much right at that bottom of the first inning. And this team sure is looking like that kind of, well, older, slower team that's having all sorts of trouble, especially get scoring and, and just bringing runners home, getting them on base. Um, I think probably the thing that might sum up the struggle is uh, the fact that they broke up a no-hitter Tuesday on a check swing single by Brandon Belt. What's your take here? Well, this has not been a good first inning for the, the Giants, uh, first inning in the metaphorical sense. Uh, they've lost uh, two of their starters in addition to Madison Bumgarner. Uh, so they've had three starters on the disabled list, and they've overcome that somewhat, uh, not entirely. Uh, and uh, hitting-wise, I mean, they're uh, just as, uh, they've been just as bad as they were last year. They really have not gotten it together yet. And uh, there are a lot of excuses that you can make, a lot of reasons, and some of them are valid. I mean, you have three new guys on the team in the offense. Uh, all of them, uh, well, two of them are uh, American League uh, transplants, and they're you know learning the league. Evan Longoria really does seem to have gotten it together. Austin Jackson is still struggling on both sides of the ball, uh, out in center and at the plate. And Andrew McCutcheon has been hit or miss. And you know everybody everybody has seen it. I mean they they can't get two guys hot at the same time. Right. You know uh, for early on Joe Panic was hot. Ben Buster was hot. Uh, and really, everybody's had a little stretch of uh, of hotness, heatness, whatever, uh, except really uh, Belt hasn't yet. And then, of course, Hunter Pence, who's everybody's lightning rod here, who uh, just is really, really struggling as as, uh, as he turns 35. Yeah. Um, with, it, I think with, with Hunter Pence, it, it it kind of brought to light everything that the, the that fa- Giants fans feared about the team in terms of it's an aging team, um, the, the guys aren't where they are athletically, the, the bat speed slowing down. Um, if, you di- if we dig a little deeper with Pence, um, what, what, where, where do we go from here? Well, uh, I mean, first of all, if you go back toward the last couple of weeks of spring training, he was killing the ball. And I realize spring training is spring training. 
but the, the takeaway from that was that the bat speeds seem to be there. Now, I've seen some slower bat speeds here. Mm-hmm. Now, as we're recording this podcast, uh, the, the Giants will have a decision to make um, uh, with Samarja coming back. Samarja's coming back, and yesterday Bruce Bochy said, that they're going to maintain the 13-man pitching staff. Well, the only way they can maintain the 13-man pitching staff with Samarja back is to cut a position player. Uh, there's no infielders they can cut. They need Kelby. He's the only backup um, shorts middle infielder that they have. Um, and, uh, you know, Panda's not going to get cut. So you have, uh, you know, you have five outfielders, and uh, none of them have minor league options. So one of them's going to have to go, and uh, it, uh, it could be a – you know, a waiver, or it could be a trip to the disabled list. Now, that's what I think will probably happen, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, that the Giants often do uh, postpone big decisions like that uh, by finding something to put uh, somebody on the DL for, and you know, Pence it has to be considered a candidate. Right. Um, it's uh, we we talk about um, the often struggling and Brandon Belt being also a lightning rod. And, and you wrote the story. Um, I think it was coming was it coming out of spring training about uh, just the the dichotomy of a guy that on on paper looks so good. And and I think you even quoted Belt as saying, but in per- Belt said himself, right in person looks like S dash dash dash. Yeah, yeah. That was during that was during spring training. I mean, it's the classic conundrum you know with belt uh the old step people hate them and the new step people love them and uh i mean i think that the eye test tells you that uh he really uh, should be better than than what he is and i mean even bochi alluded to it a little bit after belt won the uh game last night with a, a home run uh you know it was his hundredth major league home run and and bochi said let's hope the next hundred come a little faster right uh, so I, I think i mean the giants gave belt a, a huge vote of confidence financially with a a four-year contract extension that uh, with almost as much uh, or just about as much as they gave Brandon Crawford. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, he hasn't lived up to it yet. And uh, he, in some ways he has, I take it back, you know, in some ways he has, and in some ways he hasn't. I mean, certainly the defense has been terrific. Uh, the on-base percentage has been terrific. But um, I, I, I think that anybody on the in the organization, and would, including Belt himself, would tell you that uh, they probably expect a, a little bit more of him. Right. So John Shea, our national baseball writer, was working on a uh, follow-up story um, to Belt and his numbers and, and another dive at that. And uh, one of the things that I found interesting that um, Brandon told uh, John was just, hey, you know, there's a, I get a lot of flack about um, not swinging at hittable pitches that are outside the strike zone. Um, but I know my game and that I'm not as effective when I do that. How much of it is is the hitter knowing what he's capable of and working within the system? Well, uh, you just asked me two different questions. I mean, the first part of that is is knowing himself and, and knowing the zone. And, uh, and and Belt is as good as that as, as anybody on the team and, and maybe any, you know, I mean, one of the top players in the majors at, at really understanding um, which balls he can hit mm-hmm. and uh, which balls which balls out of the zone uh, he should take and which he, he should swing at. Uh, but in terms of the system, the system is that we have human beings with eyes uh, and no computers that call balls and strikes. And, I mean, it's been as old as the game itself is protecting with two strikes. And, um, you know, Belt has not always done that. And uh, you, you get a lot of called third strikes, a lot of them in key situations, because where he hits in the lineup, he's often up in key situations. I don't want to give John's story away entirely, but uh, it'll surprise the numbers will surprise some people a little bit. 
those folks who think that uh, you know Belt might be the uh, the worst in, in baseball at uh, at letting third strikes uh, go by, uh, close third strikes go by. Um, the numbers tell a little bit of a different story. So you'll want to read that story yeah. uh, when it comes out. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, look, there's a frustration. I mean, you you have the the game's been played a certain way. For so many years, you get a close two-strike pitch. You don't think you can drive it. At least stick the bat out and foul it off. And Belt is saying, well, you know, uh, why should I start swinging at balls? You know, it's up to the umpire to uh, to adjust and call it a ball. And, I mean, I don't know if there's another player in baseball who will benefit more when they finally go to the sort of laser strike zone right. that uh, everybody's been talking about. Right. He's got such a good eye that he can deem it a strike, but the, what you're saying is the umpire might, that that's the, the wiggle room there. It might still get Exactly. Caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, all right. So, uh, well, and also Brandon Belt um, is going to become the latest member to join the 30 and over club um, on Friday, I believe. So that's how many players now? Well, in the starting lineup, that would be everybody except uh, Joe Panic. Um, Joe Panic is going to be the only guy in his twenties, and he's twenty-seven, I believe, or twenty-eight. So, uh, it, it's it's definitely the oldest team in the majors. There's no question about it uh, by average age. Um, and uh, you know, I, I mean, again, we've talked about this a, a lot of times. Uh, I mean, two things. First of all, they're not super super old. They do have of all of their players, all their position players, but Panic are in their thirties. But aside from Pants, they're all 30, 31, and with a right. couple of thirty two sprinkled in. So um, it's it's not like uh, everybody's ready for the home. Uh, but uh, you know, and on the other hand, they know they're going to have to get some contributions from some of these kids coming up in the minors. And one of the huge discussions now among fans is. When is it time to bring up uh, Mac Williamson, who's been killing it down in the minors? When is it time to bring up Austin Slater? And those and, and those guys, Duggar, Shaw, those guys are going to play for the Giants in 2017. There's no uh, 2018. There's no doubt about it. But it's a little hard to do it this early in the season to, uh, to just give up on players, as I said earlier, especially those uh, who don't have major league, uh, minor league options. Uh, and uh, you know, if you cut a player now to bring up a kid. Um, you know that that player may be gone for good, and, and that's a risk. Right, right. Um, so let's let's change gears a little bit and and look at the pitching because um, you had mentioned Jeff Samarja coming back. The Giants got Johnny Cueto back, and uh, you we had uh, you had kind of written a, an analysis that the Giants need Johnny Cueto to be Johnny Cueto, and he was, and then he got caned. So what what does that do to the psyche of kind of the rotation and the, the guys that are out there? Well, they'll deny it, but I think anybody who throws baseball for a living in starting rotation will tell you that it's it's hard when you have to go out there and, and think you have to throw a shutout every time uh, to win a game. And, and that's been the giant story since uh, the All-Star break in 2016. And, and uh, the point I made in that analysis is that if you can get a couple of early runs, um, what it does is uh, it, it takes just that a little bit of the pressure off the starting pitcher it's a bit of a symbiosis if you if you if you score early the starting pitcher can relax the starting pitcher uh you know can can relax it it uh and and throw up zeros then the hitters don't have to feel that uh, they have to hit a home run uh, every time that they come up um in, in order to uh to win the game so um you know that's what you know, the giant success over the years has been winning a lot of four to two ball games three to two ball games and and i think that's what they're going to have to do again this year the, the one thing the pitching has done a great job of so far this year is keeping the, the ball in, in the yard. And, uh, and right now, uh, as I as I speak, 
the Giants have allowed nine home runs this year, and that's tied with the Red Sox for fewest in the majors. And that was a huge issue last year. Right. And you'd like to think over the longer haul, if the Giants can keep the, the baseballs in the yard um, and give their defense a chance, uh, and uh, that, that, that the offense will come around and score just enough runs to win when uh, some of these older players get it going. That's the hope anyway. Um, you know, right now they're 7-10, and 10, so it obviously hasn't happened. They've uh, played nine games out of their 17 so far where they've scored nothing or one run. Uh, that has to change. There's just no question about it. And uh, the, the starting pitching can only hold it together for so for so long. And uh, they've got Cueto back now. He's throwing – I mean, he's got an ERA that you can't even see with a microscope mm-hmm. to lead the majors after three starts. Samar just coming back. You need yeah. to get length from him. And uh, it's basically minus Bumgarner. They have a decent rotation right now. And uh, those guys are, are, are going to have to keep the scores down because this is not a team that's going to win a lot of 98 games. Right, exactly. Chris Stratton um, has had a really solid start. Is that what you, what you would have expected from him? Well, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, uh, we keep referring to him as a number three type starter or a number four type starter. And every time we say that, he goes out there. <laughs> and pitches like a number one. Yeah. And uh, the, the Giants had an interesting stat that they put in their notes yesterday. Um, since uh, he joined the rotation on August 5th of last year, he's had, I believe it was the fourth best ERA in the majors um, since that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he, he, you know, this guy is pitching to a 2.22 ERA. Um, he's doing it not with 95-mile-an-hour fastballs, but, but with 91-mile-an-hour fastballs that he's throwing for strikes. Great curveball, slider, um, changeup. I mean, uh, he's uh, he had Paul Goldschmidt just tied up in knots yesterday. He had Goldschmidt guessing wrong the whole night. Struck him out twice. Looking, uh, you know, that's uh, that's that's like David uh, hitting Goliath twice with that, uh, you know, with that rock in the in the middle of the head, middle <laughs> of the forehead. Uh, and uh, you know, I just uh, I started writing this for a, an online post. Uh, Bochi has a saying, you know, and, he, and we've heard it a million times. He'll talk about a player and he'll say he's one of our guys. And when he says our guys, he means this is a mainstay now. This is not, uh, you know, a guy who's going to ride back and forth between the minors and the majors or between the bench and the starting lineup. And uh, he uh, he's pitching like a one, and Bochy's treating him like a, a one. He let him start the eighth inning last night, um, you know, even after a very tough seventh inning, even though he had 93 pitches. Uh, it didn't work out the way Bochy wanted it to, uh, and, uh, you know, he gave up a run, and then he was out of the game. Uh, but Stratton has uh, he's been a revelation really since he's come up and also a lesson that uh, it would be wise when you take a number one starter who uh, was, uh, you know, like a SEC pitcher of the year. It's probably a good idea to give him a little rope before you get rid of him. Right, exactly. Um, I was sitting next to you in the press box uh, when the Giants were in town last week and uh, they kept pitching to Goldschmidt instead of giving him a free base and what what did you think last night when they actually when they finally walked him yeah you know it was one of those situations where it was really a no-brainer on two levels first of all it, it, it was the you know Bochi did finally concede you know I'm not going to let Goldschmidt beat me you know if I let Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt beat me again well that's shame on me but it, it was also a situation where uh you know he uh, the uh, he was pitching for a double play. I mean, you want to pitch for a double play with one out in, in that situation. And uh, so, you you know, you put the runner on first base. So it, it really, I mean, this was not one where, uh, I mean, Bochy would have just been way too stubborn 
to to let Goldschmidt uh, beat him again. Right. Well, he also did something interesting, uh, that, which I thought was um, Hunter Strickland. After you know, uh, there was the, he blew the save, and then he stayed in there and and basically had to kind of pitch his way out of it. Of yeah, you know, uh, there are a lot of closers out there who vulture wins when they blow a save. And uh, a key for any closer when they blow a save is to be able to hold them to the one run and don't let the uh, opposition win the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Strickland has done that twice now. Uh, he's blown two saves in a row, both to the Diamondbacks. Goldschmidt's had a hand in each. He hit the home run in San Francisco to uh, to cost uh, uh, Goldschmidt a save. But in, in each case, uh, Strickland did not allow another run. And in each case, the Giants came back in the next inning and won the game. And, uh, you know, it doesn't look good on the blown save, Mark. But right now, Hunter Strickland is the closer. There's no chance there's no, uh, there's no uh, chance they're going to give it to somebody else at the moment. Uh, and so it was a combination of, you know, showing faith in the guy they think is their uh, best reliever at the moment to, to do that job. And, you know, also in a sense, uh, a statement that there really, you know, aren't that many other guys that they trust in that situation. Uh, you know, Garen, uh, I mean, in that situation, Garen is already, I mean, Boach is already looking ahead and going, we're on the road and our closer just blew a save. Even if we take a lead in the next inning, Garen's going to have to close this out. And, you know, the other options were not all that appealing. You had a couple of rookies, um, although, you know, Morant has been throwing the ball well, Johnson. Um, and, uh, you know, Osage is a problem right now. You know, he, Bochy really can't trust Osich against left-handed uh, hitters because they're killing him. Uh, so he, he stuck he stuck with, again, his guy. His guy is, yep. is Hunter Strickland. And uh, Strickland and uh, Garen actually both came through yesterday after um, giving it up. Right. Um, and just to dig a little bit deeper uh, on Strickland, um, have you seen w- what's his kind of um, maturation level over the last few years? And I think a lot of people were introduced to him during, um, you know, it was it was him and Bryce Harper and a brawl. And I thought that might have been what some people remember. Well, yeah, people have short memories because uh, people forget that uh, after Belt hit the 18th inning home run in Washington in game one of the 2014 division series, Strickland, who I believe was a rookie at that point, came out and saved the game. Uh, I mean, he still had to get three outs uh, to keep that game from, uh, uh, you know, going into the 19th inning or having the Giants lose after playing for 18 innings. And and Strickland did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that told me something about his maturity as a pitcher, uh, right right then and there. Obviously, the uh, incident with Harper showed a, a lack of mature thinking, um, on a you know sort of on a personal sense. And uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, the Nationals are coming in for three uh, this uh, this next homestand. Uh, they're going to be here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in San Francisco. And uh, if Strickland is facing Harper, um, it's not going to be in a situation, uh, you know, in the middle of the game where he can uh, hit him and put a runner on base. It's going to be in a save situation. And uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting situation just in general, but it's going to be one where um, he's going to have to overcome. Strickland's going to have to overcome any personal feelings he has, and he's going to have to o- have to overcome the fact that Harper owned him in that playoff series and figure figure out a way to get him out. Right, right. Um, all right. So you mentioned um, the Nationals coming into town. You the the Giants right now uh, playing a very tough Arizona team. They're about to to go and play a very tough Anaheim. Uh, team. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say Anaheim anymore, right? Um, no, you can say Anaheim. <laughs> can I? <laughs> All right. I absolutely refuse. I absolutely <laughs> refuse to call them what they call themselves. So you won't see it in my story. 
So don't worry about that. All right. Uh, what, uh, we'll, we'll call them the angels. And uh, unfortunately, the, the, the pitching lineups, uh, or I guess maybe fortunately for the Giants, uh, the, the pitching lineups aren't uh, aligning, so to speak, so that uh, it doesn't look like they'll face uh, Shohei Otani, who has obviously been one of the big stories of the uh, Major League Baseball season so far. But um, he's, uh, he, he last pitched against the Red Sox, had a, ran into a little bit of trouble was pulled after two innings, seems to have a blister on his um, uh, hand, and it's unclear what, uh, is, it, is it so far unclear what when he'll next pitch? Uh, no, I think he's going to pitch on, they're hoping he can pitch Tuesday. Okay. Um, when they start, when the Angels start their next series. Uh, uh, but what that means is that there's a good chance the Giants will see uh, Otani DH in yes. at least two of the three games because the Angels uh, have have a system where Otani DHs uh, any game uh, except the day before he pitches or the uh, the day after he pitches, and and not neither of those situations will be true uh, when the Giants come in. So uh, Samarja is coming off the disabled list on Friday night, and uh, you know he, he he might have to deal deal with Otani right away. Uh, uh, now Otani's only started three games at the plate against left-handed starters, uh, so uh, I don't know that uh, he's going to pit. He's going to play on Saturday against uh, Derek Holland, but then on Sunday, I mean, you know, Cueto's pitching, and that'll be interesting because Cueto's really on top of his game. And uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be interesting. I mean, I think that the uh, the pitchers. One pitcher I talked to uh, said, you know, look, I mean, what Otani's done is great. First of all, let's see what he where he's at at the All Star break, and and See, I mean, you, you, if you just focus on him and just spend all your time watching tape on him and, and all that, you know, you're forgetting you have a lineup with Albert Pujols and Mike Trout and Cole Calhoun and a bunch of other guys who can beat you, too. So, I mean, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun series. Uh, you also have Pujols run up to uh, 3,000 hits. I believe he's 10, 10 away. Uh, so if he, if he gets it against the Giants, it's bad news for the Giants because that means he'll have had a great series. Right. Um, it'll be tough competition um, out there no matter what. Uh, you, um, these, these next 10 games, how, how critical do you think they are for the Giants? Yeah, um, you know, it, it, it's very important because of, because of the start that the, uh, the Giants have had uh, so far. Um, you know, they, it, what they can't afford to do is just have that really awful stretch that buries them right away. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why last night's win was, was really important. The, uh, the, the bell home run win, because there were six and 10, uh, they lose that they were six and 11. Now they're seven and 10. So you, you have 10 games coming up. I mean, after, I mean, first of all, you got to get past Granky uh, on Thursday night. So you're talking about 11 games um, against uh, the diamondbacks, uh, uh, the angels uh, who, who did cool off a little bit after, you know, a really hot start. The Nationals, who, uh, you know, they, they haven't played great yet, but, you know, the Giants are going to have to deal with Max Scherzer. I don't think they're going to face Strasburg. Uh, but then, and they're going to have to then play four games, including a doubleheader against the Dodgers, who uh, have really started to, to play some good baseball. Uh, uh, they've been, been crushing the Padres, a team that gave the Giants fits. So this is, this is that last little stretch here where, you know, they don't have to, they don't have to go on their huge, huge run. But uh, they really got to do. They've got to play at least 500 baseball here, uh, and may, uh, maybe a little better uh, to, to prevent that uh, that huge fall like they had last year when they. Uh, I think they opened the season at. Uh, I looked it up yesterday. They had a nine and 17 April or nine and 18 April, something like that. They can't afford that again. 
Right, right. Well, I remember after the first week, week and a half, you were saying that, hey, let's let's look at who the Giants have played. They they've been they've been facing some really tough pitchers, um, some tough teams, uh, and um, you know the Padres were supposed to be that kind of not not break, but you know just the guys that you wouldn't think would have had the, that the Giants would have struggled that much against, and then they go to San Diego and they lose that series. Yeah, and that, I mean, that was really bad. Uh, and I, uh, I've watched a, a little bit of the Padres since that series. Uh, you know, I flipped back and forth, and uh, and every time I flipped them on, they just looked terrible. I mean, they uh, they got some guys who can swing the bat, but their pitching staff's a mess. Uh, their defense isn't very good other than, uh, well, they got a good shortstop in, in Galvis and uh, the right fielder, Renfro, who uh, has a you know pretty good arm. Uh, but, I mean, Renfro isn't a great outfielder, uh, you know, catching the ball. The building a wave of the third baseman who, who you know, beat up on the Giants at the plate. I mean, he's just not a good third baseman. Uh, and the pitchers they have are uh, pretty pedestrian uh, all the way around. So, I mean, that was just – that was awful to not even at least come away with a split there. And, and I think they know that was a lost opportunity because, like you said – that was really the only soft spot in the Giants' schedule over the first uh, month of the season. Right. Um, how about just taking a quick look around the league? The Red Sox are obviously off to a, a really hot start. Has anything else jumped out at you? Well, I mean, the, the Diamondbacks uh, obviously, obviously starting 12-4. and four, um, and, You know, they've uh, been really beating up on the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I, they, I mean, they almost swept the Dodgers again um, in, in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, you know, that's a big one. I mean, I think the story so far um, is not only, you know, team, upstart teams like the Mets coming out playing like the way they have and uh, um, the Diamondbacks, but also some of the division winners that have had a slow start, teams that you know that are going to be there at the end, like the Dodgers, and, right. uh, the Nationals, even the Cubs to some extent. Um, and, uh, you know, teams like that that have like, kind of stru- struggled out of the gate. The Astros had a really hot start, but you know, you can even see a little, a little bit of that, uh, you know, World Series hangover there. Uh, but I mean, you know, these teams are going to be there at the end, and that's a tough thing for a team like the Giants to get off to a start like this because, um, you know, it's not just that the Mets are, um, you know, the Mets are, are playing great, and, and I mean, even if they slow down a little and Washington comes back and storms back and wins that division, then you know, if you're if you're the Giants and you're fighting for a wild card, you got to de- deal with teams like the Mets and the Pirates and. Uh, and the Rockies, uh, who, who have played a lot better than the Giants have. So that's why the Giants really can't uh, fall too far behind. Right. All right. Well, we'll let you go and um, look forward to chatting next time uh, you're back in town. Hopefully we'll get to see you in person. And uh, we'll have a, a couple more developments. The Marjor will be, will be back. Maybe we'll have um, some other injury updates. Don't think we're going to get any of the uh, AAA guys, but we'll see. You never know. You never know. All right. Thanks, Henry. You got it. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is Horns of Jericho by Lucas Pern and Miloslav Kolar, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. This show is produced by me and Fernando Diaz. For more Giants coverage, you can follow Henry on Twitter at Hank Schulman and me at Janie underscore who. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.